0: Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're
1: freedom, a common
0: ground, a way to grow,
1: and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways they connect us. I'm Paul.
0: I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. We did that thing that I know it sounds funny since we drive for a living, but that thing we don't often do this weekend where we just went on a drive for fun. In fact, I don't know if you thought about this, we don't even take cameras.
1: It's weird when you we don't take cameras and cars are involved. It's I know strange. I know you're listening
0: and thinking that's very odd, but we did a little over 200 miles through Utah to a road that we've only done a couple times. In fact, it was the road we used for the Canyon Running Piece, if you've seen that one. Yeah, right. So we went down there. It's it's the road itself is 90 minutes away. And I happen to take because again, it's me and my wife and my son and the Lotus has two seats. So we took the Lotus and the Z4.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we had this a lot exciting. of
0: fun. It, it was really a, a great, great drive. It was. I hope you still have drive weather wherever you are. You probably do. And you can just get a chance to take whatever it is you have and go on a fun drive.
1: Indeed. Yeah, this road is eminently shootable. We've got to go back. It's yeah, 90 maybe. minutes just to get there. But yeah. every time we've gone to this road, which is twice now, yes. we're going. <laughs> Both the times, yes. I can't believe it because it's so worth it. You think, mm-hmm. 90 minutes just to start the fun? Yeah. That seems like a commitment. And then this road just rewarded us with all kinds of just—it was great. The weather oh, was great. It was, it was very nice, and the ah, the asphalt. I I have such an appreciation. <laughs> it's you're, so good. you're
0: a connoisseur of asphalt. Absolutely. I do have to think about it though. In terms of Los Angeles, for example, I used to on Sunday mornings take my Z car, and I would drive 45 minutes to an hour across L.A. to get to a decent to drive. Yeah, road. I remember that. I remember so that. So comparatively. I wasn't driving through traffic this weekend to get to this great road. We That's were driving true. in southern That's Utah, and so it wasn't bad. So yeah, it was, it was pretty great. So we did that. I, I wish great roads for you. I really do. <laughs> All of you listening, I wish, wish great roads for you. Meanwhile, other things are happening. Uh, we're not telling you what it is, but Paul's car is on a truck.
1: It is on a truck. It's coming. I mm, I don't want to reveal. I can't reveal until we have that video of we the need to car see it. coming we off need the truck. Yeah. I I have high hopes. The Carfax was perfectly clean. The Carfax mm-hmm. was boring. It was. Which is what you want. It was, yes. It was just service, vehicle service, You know registration yeah, change. Yeah. Somebody else bought it, vehicle service. It was great. Yep. So I can't wait to share that. Uh, many of you are asking, and it is coming. It's just one of those things where the, <laughs> the seller was on vacation and then finally got home. And so now the car is on its way. Ah, and the phaeton has
0: left my driveway and gone for real, which yes, is crazy yes, to say. Yes. So it's actually in its happy new home with Shane in, in D.C., which is very cool. My son is still sad about it, but uh, he's recovering. So that's happening, and and that car will have its own new adventures. In fact, Shane, I think, has started an Instagram account for the car. <laughs> So that's pretty funny. I hope he has a great time with it. Thank you guys for being back with us on the podcast. Happy Tuesday. We have a bunch of car conclusions coming up at a cool car debate and many, man, we almost could have done an all questions podcast. A lot of good ones today.
1: Take a guess at the one thing we can't get enough of car stuff. That's right. That's why we love Haggerty drivers club. Starting at $45 a year, you'll get six issues of the award-winning Haggerty Drivers Club magazine, which is chock-full of interesting reads and beautiful photos. You'll also get access to members-only live stream on topics that range from car values to automotive history, DIY tutorials,
0: and a whole lot more. Plus, membership comes with tons of automotive discounts from big brands,
1: including Deal of the Week, which is always an exclusive deal that only lasts a couple of days. If you love cars, and we know you do, this club is for you. Learn more at com slash everyday driver. Before we jump into anything, we do have a current press car that sometimes we decide oh. to discuss only on podcasts yes, because of the nature of what it is under the heading of drive homework. And many of you shop, many of you shop yep. for trucks yep. and we have currently a 2020 Ram 2500 heavy duty. Yes. In the, the everyday driver fleet. I yes. will say it's,
0: it is – I joked about it when I got it home. I said to my wife, I said, do you want to take the monster truck? And my son looked out the driveway and said, like, that's not a monster truck. I said, let's go get in it, buddy. Mm-hmm. It's a monster truck.
1: It is indeed. <laughs> we see a lot of trucks around Utah, a lot of trucks around Park City, and there's yeah. people we know that just buy trucks. And there's many of you listening who just buy trucks totally. to drive. Yep. Yep, yep. We're coming to this truck, of course, from a driver enthusiast point of view. <laughs>
0: From a person that drives a Lotus. From a,
1: from a hauling point of view, this thing will tow your house off its foundation. Yeah. If you've got a 14,000 pound or less, any kind of trailer, yes. it'll snap in the wind behind yeah. this truck. It yeah. is powerful. It's $70,000. It's designed for your fifth wheel. Fully loaded. Yeah. It's unbelievably capable. But then Todd and I are driving it and we're thinking as a daily, as just a runabout, as just your only. Mm-hmm. We're having trouble seeing the perspective from truck owners as far as this is the ride you're willing to put up with well, just the, to own this yes, truck? Yes. The key
0: thing you're touching on is because it's designed to tow up to 14,000 pounds, which I still – this is the truck we need to haul the Everyday Driver Greatest Hits fleet around. The fleet. It's that kind of thing. It's like a four or five car trailer. Absolutely. It's just a monster. Absolutely. So. But it has the 2500. Exactly. And it it has the really, really good RAM interior right now with the great touchscreen and everything feels really high end. Honestly, it's one of those things where you said $70,000. You get in it and you go, yeah, it's a good interior. For $70,000, it's a good interior Mm because you know it's capable, but then it has a decent interior on top of it. I mean, look, I'll go straight to the Lotus. You wonder why that car was sixty grand if you sit in the interior.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay.
0: This yes. is $70,000, but you're sitting in it going,
1: this is a nice place you to be. You see it. You it's feel it.
0: It's got really, space. Yes. It's a high-quality interior. Yes. But because it's set up to carry all that weight, when you don't have any weight on the back, it may have some of the worst ride quality I've ever encountered.
1: I will also say it's not just limited to this truck. Oh, no, no. Not at all. It's every truck in this category and bigger. My sister and brother-in-law have a 7 F350 heavy-duty sure, sure. crew cab yeah, yeah. long bed. Oh the thing's man, thing's enormous. Yeah. But in Alaska, they used it to tow the fishing boat. Uh-huh. They would do dump runs. They would all this, you know, hauling, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they continue to do that. They've got a trailer. You know, loaded up with furniture to take totally. the kids to yes, college, yes, all this yes, stuff. Yes. So they use the truck, but it, it isn't the daily. Mm-hmm. It does have a Covercraft crew cab cover
0: on it. <laughs> okay, good. I like, and like it. And
1: so it, it just lives when they're not using it, but it's hauled gravel for the house renovation, sure. you know, doing all that kind of stuff. So it is nice. It does fall under the tool for the job, just like we've talked about Completely. sports cars. And then there's the crossover where we want to drive the sports cars just to go to the grocery store. Yeah, 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 that's not what they're designed for. But we do same thing with trucks. Mm-hmm. You're not hauling stuff, and you just drive it. Okay, the ride quality was not on par with where I would want to be. Just driving it around for a it daily. Was that, that was the harsh. thing.
0: Well, I was driving along on I80, Interstate 80. Yeah. folks, and it, it the car was bouncing, the truck was bouncing so much. My wife, while speaking, sounded like she had vibrato. You know, she sounded that in her voice, and
1: it felt like we were doing a washboard road. At seventy miles an hour on a freeway. I mean, you've got your luxury truck, yes, and they're awesome and capable. But if your passengers are uncomfortable,
0: well, and and if you if we've been hauling a bed full of something or a huge fifth wheel, what I'm saying is irrelevant. Yeah, but yeah. what I wonder about is the person that has this because it costs $70,000 and they aren't currently hauling the thing. Every sports car I've driven has a better ride than this truck Yeah, in a daily, from a daily perspective.
1: But then you can argue, well, your sports cars can't tow 14,000-pound horse trailer or True. You know, any of that stuff. But I'm
0: just thinking about the person that's not currently towing. Yeah. They left the fifth yeah. wheel at home and they're just driving this truck. It was atrocious. And I wonder how much – look, sports car people do this too. I wonder how much – you just you put up with it and you go, This is the ride because it has a purpose when we haul the big boat or we haul the trailer. And I get it because it very much felt like too much of a sacrifice for a daily car, mm-hmm. even compared to sports cars. I'm sorry to keep comparing because they aren't comparable at all. But my Lotus has a cushy ride compared to this truck yes. without it pulling something.
1: Yes, it does. And that's insane. I can't believe it. All right. So, this other point that came up that 8% of me that is boggled by trucks yes, and their size that wants to overland across yes. uh-huh. yeah you can terrorize other drivers trucks are so capable they're yeah. so fast yeah, when they they're are. unloaded yeah. and you're not towing anything yeah. yeah 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 that it is i look down like oh 80 huh i felt like i needed to get out and push because i don't feel like i'm even moving yeah, yeah yeah and this huge grill and again i'm not talking just about the ram it's incredibly True. capable. It's
0: representative of the class for sure. Very yes. much.
1: So I'm asking truck drivers everywhere. Don't terrorize sports cars just because you can, <laughs> because when the first corner comes, I'll leave you. Yeah. I'll, I'll say bye-bye in my Cayman. You'll wave bye-bye in your, yeah. in your Lotus,
0: but it's so easy but to do so capable. Yeah.
1: You want to bully somebody out of their lane. You can, people go, Holy cow. I guess I'm moving over. You just see grill. I will it's say a this crazy because it came out of me. hmm and I thought, well, I can just make them. Move. What am I doing? Yeah. This size and power of this truck is kind of making me a bully on the yeah. road. That's not.
0: That's not good. Well, and in defense of truck drivers, people that drive pickups like this, I will also say this: some of that bullying happens without making effort. True. Because true. you are so massive. I actually went by. I'm not kidding. I went by the, like a one year old. Ram, so same company, but mm. the fifteen hundred. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I looked down, legitimately looked down on them into their cab. I believe it, and I was looking sideways into the eighteen wheeler driver. We were like, we were like buddies on the road, and I was like, this is this is staggeringly big. Of course, my wife is sitting next to me, going, "I love how high we are." I'm like, no, <laughs> don't stop, yeah. please stop. But I, I do understand its purpose as a haul vehicle. What do I need to haul? If you have the big fifth wheel, if you have the big family boat, and I mean the big family
1: boat bring it. Absolutely. So I, I guess all this to say is we're filing this under observations for sure. about our own selves. When for we sure. drive this, I took some friends to dinner and we took the truck. Mm-hmm. Nobody's really comfortable. We're sitting up high and the interior is brilliant and the build quality is amazing. And this truck is incredibly capable and nobody was really comfortable with you're the bouncing ride. Around. Yeah, I'm just yeah, yeah. flying around in there. Mm-hmm. It was uncomfortable. But then I think all the people who do genuinely need pickup trucks for their work, their Mm -hmm. job, whatever they're doing. Yes, we can't not live without pickup trucks. Plus how well they sell, especially in the U.S. There's no doubt about it. It's just more about observations. And then I think, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm so fast. I can bully people. And that's not good. Look, that, this has got over 400
0: horsepower okay. and over 400 pound feet of torque. It's like that semi without it, without a trailer on it. Yeah, when you, when all you're of fast. a sudden you, you're like, this that thing's quick. Why is that thing that quick? Because <laughs> it's designed to tow the world, yeah. and now it's got nothing. Yeah, and the driver knows what he's doing, and it's just it's a surprising bullet. This is what this truck is it's, like. It's yeah.
1: observations. I I don't have a particular place in my head to file it under necessarily. It's just sort of. Wow, this thing's capable. I see it in the driveway and I want to drive it. Yeah. I want to get out and drive it because it's just spacious.
0: It shifts the headspace on you for, for sure. Everything. We had 4 adults across the back bench at 1 point this weekend. It's
1: great. Yeah. Yeah. Plenty of space for Badness. everybody, you can tow, haul whatever, but then the power, you can overwhelm <laughs> just about everybody.
0: It's crazy, yeah.
1: It's yeah, more observations than so, anything yeah, big, else. So yeah, big big
0: monster truck that Somebody asked, why are we driving trucks? The truth is, now with our uh, Test Drive Videos YouTube channel, we're driving everything. So anything a manufacturer wants to send us, we're happy to drive it because we think it's interesting to talk back to you about. It's interesting for us, look, as sports car drivers, to be in something this big because we're normally on the other end of that equation. We're the little exactly. sports car while the 2500 hunts us down. Now to be in the 2500 going, oh, okay, so I see the driver perspective of this discussion. Right, right. So it's all very educational for us, and we hope it's helpful for you as well.
1: All right, jumping into the topic Tuesday, which is car conclusions. We've got many of them. Thank you guys for writing in. It's been so long since we've done this, and the stories are great. So we're jumping in with Devin B., who had every intention of writing in with a debate to seek help to break free from the addiction to hatchbacks. (laughs) didn't know that was a thing, but okay. All right, it's all good. After a 2010 GTI, a 2012 500 Abarth, and a 2017 Mazda 3, Devin knew it was time for something new. So Devin was seeking something that would provide the same emotion that he felt when driving a 1978 Fiat 124 Spyder, which, you know, you sold when the job transfers you across the country. It happens. We have to sell for all kinds of reasons. So, yes, it was an old car, leaky fuel line, spongy brakes, non-existent second gear. And he still loved it. It was still his favorite car. Initially, he thought Miata would be the answer, but he knew he would need more space for his wife and dog. A variant of the 86 was on the list, but he wanted a nicer place to be, mm. which left him looking for a comfortable sporty 2 plus 2 or sedan with character. So after driving a BMW 128i, a Mustang EcoBoost, a Challenger with the Hemi, okay. he realized nothing's nothing's there. Nothing's really speaking to me until he was introduced to Alfa Romeo Julius. Isn't that cool? His dream car since it was introduced in 2017 and a test drive sealed the deal and stole his heart which is great. It's really cool.
0: He found a 2017 Julia TI Sport with the performance package. That's a pretty cool spec on that car, actually. He found that. He purchased it sight unseen in Austin, Texas, flew down there, drove it back to the Bay Area, took the scenic route at PCH, and he just decided this is exactly right. Not only did I get close, I nailed it. He's thrilled with his Julia, and we're thrilled to hear it for sure. Yeah, he says...
1: By the way, a little postscript down here. Yes. Just had to note this. Add me to the list of people who more than doubled their original budget. He started at $15,000 and ended up paying thirty-two. Mm-hmm. Totally worth it. Yeah. I'm telling you, it Honestly. happens.
0: You guys would be amazed at how many car conclusions go that way. As much as I tease Paul, we all tease <laughs> Paul for going yeah. way over budget. The number of people who are just like, yeah, but I guess I'll just dub- double it, I guess. So anyway, yeah. All
1: <laughs> right. Well, Max T is writing from episode 407. He's in Durango, Colorado. He and his wife, Vessie they had a Subaru Forester when they wrote to us. Mm-hmm. And he purchased his 350Z a little over a year ago, and he's loving it. He says, what a blast in the winter with snow tires. Love
0: that. That's great.
1: That's fantastic. Well, then he convinced Vessie to go to Denver about six months ago to test drive some hot hatches.
0: Okay. See, she see throws, if we can get her a hot hatchback. Exactly. Addiction. Yeah, for exactly. sure. Yeah.
1: And so, you know, what Devin had identified back up here about the addiction to hatchbacks.
0: Apparently it's happening. Yeah. That's what
1: Max is doing here. So she drove some GTIs and a Mini Cooper S, and he couldn't get her to drive a Fiesta ST because she hates how they look. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. My
0: wife hates them too. Every time I tell she her they're cool car, she's like, that's ugly. I'm like, I'm telling you, it's great. She's like, no, I'm sorry. That's ugly. <laughs> My wife has very strong opinions about cars. She does. When she doesn't she does. like something, there's no like talking her into it. It's like that's the worst thing ever. Right. It, yeah. It's
1: not a, let me change your mind because no. of all these cool reasons. She, no, no. She'll just tell you to pound sand. Yeah,
0: that's just that, that car's off. So that's where like, the Fiesta ST nah. falls. That's, that's part of the funny thing because I could bring home one of those. And she'd be
1: like, I'm sorry. You spent money on what now? Anyway, <laughs> onward. All right. She drove uh, a Mazda Speed 3 and then she fell in love with it. So they sold her Forrester a couple okay. months ago, got out of those payments, and as of two weeks ago, as Max writing to us, she's in a 2007 Mazda Speed 3, less than half the price, and she loves it. That's
0: fantastic. I love hearing that. Yeah, yeah. And that's a stick shift, too. So that's, that's a couple yes. of enthusiast cars. I love this. This is great.
1: So the garage now includes the 350Z, the Mazda Speed 3, and an old Ford Expedition for camping and dog duty. Oh, okay, sure. Which I understand. I mean, back to the discussion, I, mm-hmm. you know, kept my dad's expedition and it's huge and I have found it useful but much of the time it's a nine passenger vehicle with <laughs> two cup holders for everybody yes but it's the mountain biking truck and I stick and the bike in the things. back yeah and, for sure yeah, yeah you know we use it as a shoot vehicle mm-hmm. as it mm-hmm. turns out it's an excellent gear truck it is who it, knew
0: <laughs> we can have all the gear and there's still extra benches for people so, to sit yeah it's you know crazy.
1: tool for the job but I wanted to keep in the family and I I'm not towing or hauling where's lunch it's the third row back <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it, I, I, anyway, all that truck discussion is just, it's observations. It it's not a yeah. indictment either way of any, you know, team we're on truck team. We're on sports car team. Yeah. It, it's not, it's just obser- It's observations about what we feel coming to trucks. And yeah. so it's, it's ongoing. I will say, so we'd love to hear if, hear from you on that, but back to Max and Vesey. he says, well, they stayed with some friends in Denver when they bought the car Mm-hmm. This couple was also looking for a new car. After riding the Mazda Speed 3, this person, this guy, Wes, was able to convince his wife, Caroline, to get a fun car. (laughs) Then Max got a text with a picture of a Golf R sitting in their driveway. So the disease spreads. (laughs) This is the best
0: possible type of contagion I can think of, by the way. Let's just spread the car disease as many people as we can. I I I do want you and your friends and your neighbors to be like, that's a really cool car. Yeah. And then you get into a discussion about cool cars. Granted, if you're Paul or I, our neighbors keep walking over and going, "What is it that you do?" Because of the cars rotated through the drive. Well, um, as we a want of fact, your friends and family to actually wonder about better cars. That's exactly what we want.
1: Well, at, before uh, you arrived, my neighbor showed up. I have seen him around the neighborhood driving. Just gave him a you know friendly okay. wave. Yeah, yeah. He rang my doorbell this morning and said, "Now, are you a transporter of cars? I need. I've got a couple of cars that I need to transport." <laughs>
0: You can start a side business accidentally,
1: yeah. I and like I said, no, I, you know, I'm automotive <laughs> journalist, and you know, we have this TV show and podcast. And he said, well, I've got these two cars, That's and I said, funny. I can make a recommendation. So if you are looking, definitely write to us. We've got Joanna; we can give you her information. Yeah, for and sure, she's the transport auto broker, and she's taken care of many of you who have shipped cars. And just reference Todd or I yeah. or Everyday Driver, and she'll. She'll go, oh, she, awesome. Let she just helped help help move the
0: Phaeton, and she's in the process of moving Paul's stealth car across yes, the country. Yeah. Yes,
1: so I gave uh, Joanna's information to him and uh, said, all right, I'll put, hopefully good. it That's good. I works love it. Out. That's really good. <laughs> Crazy. My neighbors knock on my door.
0: Yeah. My neighbors keep looking at me. I can see them shaking their heads like, what car is that now? They, they've stopped asking my wife now. she's Because oh, they used to say, oh, new car. She'd be like, No. <laughs> They stop asking.
1: (laughs) I love it how it's just a closed-ended answer. No. No explanation offered. Just no.
0: (laughs) Anyway, Duncan Martin wrote back to us uh, from Oxford, and he said uh, he wanted to send some more info about Podcast 504. He was planning to sell his Renault Zoe, get a JDM minivan, and his wife and his daughter said, You cannot sell that. (laughs) You must keep it. (laughs) You must keep it. That meant the budget was uh, about 2,000 pounds. And that minute changed the car just a little bit. He looked at an RX 8 for about five minutes and went, you know, <laughs> cool. RX 8 that's that cheap. Probably not something I should get into.
1: Yeah, wrenching is gonna be, you know, part of the equation there. So he also wanted to get something that would fit in his small garage, which meant that he set the maximum length of four meters. I love
0: that. Here's the how long the car could be. We get that every now and then. We do. Yeah.
1: We've get gotten the the note saying every car enthusiast should have a tape measure. So you can know exactly your garage and when you're shopping, you it's can crazy. Just, boom. I, I see it, it happens though for sure, yeah. But then Duncan found something that fitted with his dream car. Mm-hmm. Small left hand drive, four seat sporty Lancia hatchback. Sadly, it's not an integrale. This is a Y ten GTI E. It's got eighty brake horsepower, eighty. Eight zero, but it only weighs <laughs> eight hundred kilograms. All right, so it's, it's a light. blast it's very to drive the light, twisties. Yeah. All the parts and insurance are cheap, and it only a 1,000 pounds.
0: Wow. <laughs> wow. This is the thing about the UK, though. We've talked about it before. Obviously, Top Gear made a whole thing about it. I mean, a yeah. whole series of things about it. Is cars there drop like stones. They, we think they drop fast here. Yeah. yeah. It's unbelievable how cheap they are there.
1: Well, he also says, side note, that I should get a Honda S2000 to go with your Z4.
0: Keep guessing, Duncan. That's a great guess, but keep <laughs> it's a guessing. Good guess, but, yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> Matt Simmons wrote in as well. He uh, he actually was shopping a while ago, and uh, he wrote in with a car debate for his stepfather, and they were trying to get a 2018 – he was trying to get out of the lease of his 2018 Kia Sportage, and that began a whole, like, family discussion.
1: Mm, yeah, he says stepfather wanted to have all the active safety tech, which at the time was not yet rolled out on every car. So the lease ending and Matt's advice was to replace it, get newer updated technology. So his stepfather's major issue was with the current Sportage is the same design and just about everything is mm, the sure. same as it yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. He was really interested in the Genesis GV 70. So maybe GB. Yeah. GB 70, but no one can say when it is coming. Yeah. Because so it's, it's
0: still pending because of the, yeah, because of the COVID builds. Yeah,
1: Yeah. All that stuff going on. So, He says today he brought home a brand new 2020 Mazda CX-5 Grand Touring with the premium package.
0: That's a phenomenal choice.
1: Listen to this. They told him out the door for $41,000. Then they called and reduced it a fair amount. They called again, now out the door, $31,000. That's kind of staggering. And they paid the $400 disposition fee to Kia. So now he's happy with the dealer experience. No kidding. After driving the Hyundai Tucson, the Sportage Twin, but the dealer was pushy there, and he says, wasn't it as nice as my Kia? So, Grandpa has a new Mazda. Two weeks ago, he brought home new to us 2011 CX-9 as well, which is... Everybody's getting Mazdas yeah, in the family. They're getting Mazdas,
0: but but he loves that uh, CX five Grand Touring, which is really really cool. I, that's a great choice. I'm that, really glad that's he a did great that. price. Oh, it's a great for price. Brand yeah, new. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm that was the we must get rid of the 2020 sale. That's what that was. Yeah, for yeah.
1: sure. Amazing. Michael W. <laughs> writes to us. With uh, a little bit of an autocorrect thing happening here, Michael. He says that it is a soak-sucking Prius to Happy Dance. And I know you meant soul-sucking Prius. Soul-sucking Prius, yes. I kind of like the soak-sucking Prius. (laughs) don't know what
0: that means, but it doesn't sound good. Let's solve that for sure.
1: Autocorrect. He's been listening to us on YouTube and the podcast. He says he was in a 2016 Prius. The car was given to him Mm -hmm. after his mother's passing, Mm -hmm. which is understandable. He drove it for almost two years, and he felt like he was slowly turning 81. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> My car is aging me. I, I, I think that's hysterical. Go on.
1: He needed to make the move to gain his soul back. Okay. He loves cars that handle well and have enough power to really enjoy the handling. So he needs the ability to also haul basic family stuff, but it also has to have personality. Started looking at all the usual suspects. He says, the GTI is nice, but sterile. The 86 is great handling, but felt underpowered. Welcome to 86. Never, never heard that before. Conundrum.
0: That's weird. Yeah.
1: He realized what he was looking for was more personality. Then he drove a Miata. Everybody's screaming, Miata. Mm-hmm. He really liked it, but the body roll bothered him. Okay. And again, you can fix that. Well, you can
0: deal with the torque dip on the 86 yes, too, can. but it's just, yeah, exactly.
1: But then he found it. It had everything, personality, handling, enough power to enjoy it. And the winner was a 2015 Mini Cooper S. And he says, I'm now taking off ramps at wonderful speeds, darting around traffic. <laughs> of course, it needs better wheels and tires. Yeah. I mean, tires alone on Mini Coopers will bring that thing to life. Yeah. You think you like it now? Yeah, for sure. You get for some sure. summers. You get some really he's probably tires.
0: Got, he's probably got run flats that were on it Yeah, see the run flats too. with yeah. their sidewalls, yeah. Yeah, which yeah. is,
1: that's the, the trade-off for those tires. He says his 16-year-old wants to drive it all the time especially when he's going to see a girl. <laughs> I love it. That's I so agree. cool.
0: Pass on that car disease. Yeah, let the 16-year-old drive it. I love
1: that. I'm just I'm happy that you're cackling, Michael. That's great. That's yeah. The most important thing. Yeah, for sure. We want you to be in something you love to drive and that's your car conclusions are amazing and, and it's fun to hear what you guys are buying mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. or not we cover your debate on the podcast totally. please send us your car, your car conclusions because you can see here these people did and it just got them thinking differently so please well, send those to us that's
0: what i love about it is the fact that it doesn't matter even honestly if we cover your car debate and you don't buy anything we recommended That's fine, too. I just like that the discussion gets new thinking going, and all of a sudden you wind up in something, and you really love it, which is what we want. And you write us to tell us that, let's be honest, you love it, but you also doubled your budget.
1: That's right. EverydayDriverTV at gmail.com or on the website when you're perusing and you're wondering where that second YouTube channel is, it's the second tab over. YouTube, and then you have your choice. So the first channel, that's where the Cheap Sports Car Challenge videos will be coming for the next year from the big now. big comparos too, yeah. In yeah. addition to TV content and extra cool stuff that we're driving. And then the test drives, the test drive videos are on the second YouTube channel. Consider this your helpful drive homework, mm-hmm. and uh, that'll mm-hmm. be a lot of press cars that we're driving. So you can find that there. But up in the top right corner under the About tab is the Contact button or EverydayDriverTV at gmail.com. We're longtime users and big believers in Griot's Garage Car Care products. That's because while many other brands are just rebranded versions of the same few products, Griot's Garage has developed, manufactured, and bottled bespoke car care products since 1990. Griot's is a family company based in Washington State, still dedicated to having the best products for every car and budget. In fact, I learned all my certified Paul-owned car care styles from Griot's. And
0: now you can tune up your car care routine. What you need is a foam cannon. Create a high foam blizzard right in your driveway. Foaming requires little to no work and avoids wash and do scratches. It's the safest way and super fast and cool to wash your car. Try the Griot's Garage Foaming System Complete Kit today and see what foaming is all about. I'll tell you right now, it's made cleaning faster.
1: Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed and all liquid products are made in the USA. When you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, use the code every day for 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else on your order. That's G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. Riley O. in Seattle writes for his last do-it-all. I okay. do-it-all car. All right, all right. He's a 24-year-old guy living in Seattle with his significant other, German Shepherd, their best friend, her boyfriend, and their golden retriever. So that's four adults and two dogs, if you're mm-hmm. trying to keep track mm-hmm. of math. They love going on trips together. Doesn't matter. Grocery store, the beach, Mount Rainier, eastern Washington. But since the puppies have grown up, interior space has become an issue. <laughs> that's
0: an understatement when you hear their garage, but yes.
1: Now he drives a 2015 fiesta st which he loves but it's not his forever car Mm -hmm. his girlfriend has a 2015 camry xle their friend's boyfriend has a lexus ct200 so he says you see the problem here none of these vehicles are really suited for four adults and two dogs and luggage yeah
0: definitely not yep
1: so riley has volunteered as a tribute to get the new vehicle that would be more suitable for all of them as the camry and lexus are both their drive until it dies cars
0: and he's willing to sacrifice the fiesta st which is very interesting yeah
1: so the daily commute on Interstate 5 through traffic, stop and go, he says some creature comforts like blind spot monitoring or adaptive cruise would be nice. Manual or auto doesn't matter. He loved the manual in the Fiesta ST, of course, but his significant other would like to see him get an automatic. He says, "I've tried teaching her, really tried. I really tried." <laughs> Hi significant other to
0: Riley. Yeah, sorry Hello. that sorry that didn't work out. But yes.
1: Now he doesn't mind doing the driving, you know, the longer drive in the Fiesta would be nice if she could take the wheel every once in a while, but you know, he'll he'll take the bullets. He'll, yeah, he'll yeah, do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says he'd lean towards rear-wheel drive to heighten the fun factor, but wouldn't be against all-wheel drive. He says, I think I've done my front-wheel drive thing, had enough with the understeer. In addition to that, he's owned a black Mazda 3i Sport and a white Fiesta ST. He'd like to hmm. get something in a fun color if possible. Okay, all but right. But not the, hey, cops, look at me kind of color. Not
0: the the, the solar surface of the sun thing that i would pick like, yes. i'm wondering and, and you said you had a white fiesta st you needed that great orange or the fantastic green yeah. i mean that's can you imagine if i pulled that green fiesta st down my driveway as much as my wife does not like the look of that car she would officially she knows i'm close to losing my mind she would officially decide that it's been done
1: only if you can drive a ford edge with it or you know the, the fridge
0: the fridge yeah she's a big fan of that too yeah
1: mm-hmm. all right the budget here is twenty seven thousand dollars that's twelve thousand dollars for the Fiesta plus fifteen thousand dollars in extra cash. Okay, Riley right. could be flexible with the budget. He says I don't need to buy right away, but it sounds like it's becoming more of an issue. Riley, it
0: is. It, they definitely need a car that handles all of this. He would love, he would love to have tools for jobs, like Indeed. the car that does everything and the fun yeah. car on the side. But right now, that's impossible. He has to pay for parking. They can't afford two cars. So this is a, this is he feels like the last time he'll ever buy one car to do everything and then he's going to start splitting for tools and jobs.
1: Right. Well, it sounds like Riley, you're in downtown Seattle cuz you pay $150 a month for parking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's been looking at wagons, sporty enough SUVs and this this is the last one car fits all. Definitely understand. And that's the point you're at in your life, you know, with the things you like to do. Totally, yeah. Yeah, you've got to you've got to make the the car fit that. So he's driven a 2010 BMW 528xi. Okay. He's a little worried about the repair costs. Meh. yeah. We'll see. We'll yeah, see depends how your on, Z4 does. Depends on what you bought, yeah. He thinks he would have preferred the rear-wheel drive version. Probably, maybe. He's I would also say so, He's also driven yeah. a 2015 Cadillac ATS, which he liked a lot. But could he find a wagon? It is an interesting idea. He drove a 2012 Jetta Sportwagon TDI, which wasn't particularly exciting, but the space was decent. And he says the turbo was kind of fun.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: Turbos are fun. <laughs> you now this. I like turbos.
0: Just a note. Turbos, fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So he's looking at the BMW 328i wagon because he liked that 5 series wagon. They catch his eye when he sees them in the wild. He says The Audi All Road sounds like a better alternative to other all wheel drive wagons. But if Porsche is the answer, is Cayenne the mm. right car here? So, he's been searching. Here's a lot of bullet points again, kind of recapping what he's looking for and yeah, then a yeah, list yeah. of the things that he's driven and also the cars he's curious about but hasn't driven, like the BMW X1. Mm-hmm. You've got that Cadillac CTS Sportwagon on here, which is interesting. It's not the V though. So I'm not sure the problem. It's power not the V, but the
0: problem is the V is way above his budget. Yeah. The V's are like 45 and up right now, which is a yeah. problem. Yeah.
1: That all-road, the aforementioned Porsche Cayenne, and he's got the Volvo V60 T5 on here, which I like. They're cool. They're very I think cool. It would be a yeah, discerning yeah, yeah. choice. I think it'd be great, but twenty seven thousand dollars, maybe thirty, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you can get a Cayenne for twenty seven to thirty. Absolutely, a great one. Yes, decent mileage. Yes. And you know, with the maintenance thing, every car needs maintenance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. The Maserati didn't.
0: Well, you just didn't do maintenance. But I'm, exactly. You just, just you just drove it that. less than 4,000 miles and did do some of the maintenance. That's so how that happened. Yeah.
1: Riley, I want to help you, first of all, get into a headspace of preventative maintenance, mm-hmm. not a fix it when it breaks. Yeah. Because your friends have this drive it until it dies kind of mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, if you don't take care of it, it will die. If they do preventative maintenance... I'll keep running.
0: True. that will be great. True. true, And it's, it's hard to spend money on something that isn't broken yet with your car. I will admit that you want to, you want to wait until something happens. It is. You think,
1: what did I, what did I just get for the dollars I, I, that I don't went out of anything. my account? I,
0: what happened? The car was fine when yes. I put it in the shop. It's yes. fine. when I got it out of the shop. That's how it feels. Look, you know? I
1: spent $870 on fluids for the expedition, but it, I feel like it kind of needed. I did a mm. full coolant flush yeah, and yeah, yeah. The, the diff oil for mm-hmm. front and rear diffs and transmission fluid and mm-hmm. all this stuff. It was expensive. The filter for the transmission fluid, it's like, ah, 400 bucks.
0: I spent a transmission service on the Phaeton while I had it. That's right. And I, well, you and did and preventative with, maintenance. So. I did. But, but here's yeah. the thing. I'm driving this cheap car, and it's not broken, at least not in the transmission. Yeah. And I thought, I should service the transmission. Not because it was having a problem, but I just thought it's got over hundred thousand miles, it's never right. been serviced as a service as transmission. This is the other right. thing along the lines of what you're saying, Paul. Whatever you buy, Riley, I suspect is going to be used enough that you instantly need to turn around and do things like fluids and probably brakes and maybe tires. Yes. Right away. Keep well that's that our in headspace
1: mind. with the cheap sports car challenges. Yes. We're gonna yes, have yes. these, we're gonna rely on them. Mm-hmm. I think they're gonna be a little bit more of our, our you know. Our cars than the sedans were. We'll see. The sedans we'll was see. an experiment. It was, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm a fan of Maserati. Not everything. <laughs> not everything they build. You have come quite a
0: distance. I it, have. It's quite interesting, yes. I,
1: I feel like I'm breaking new ground here. <laughs> and I'm I'm a fan. Yeah. The MC20, I, yeah, I'm a fan. But again, Riley, back to this different headspace about any of these cars. Yeah. If you don't service your Audi, it's going to, something's going to go. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So
1: I I look at the Cayenne definitely is my first choice. Mm-hmm. And I know you want something different, quirky, I don't see myself coming and going kind of thing. But you have to weigh that against parts and availability and mm-hmm. who's going to service mm-hmm. this and like Saab owners, for example.
0: That That's a good example. I like that. Yeah.
1: But if you get something over here that is a known thing like a Cayenne – and you take care of it, and you're doing the preventive maintenance, and you're able to budget for that, and you're able to find something with maybe lower miles, mm-hmm. and the service is coming up, but you do the service, you you stick mm-hmm. to what Porsche says, or you do it a little bit earlier. you change the oil before a year, and you know yeah, all those yeah, kinds yeah. of things. All you're doing is prolonging the value of your car and the life. And honestly, if you take care of your car, it's not going to let you down on one of these road trips.
0: Yes, less likely to have some sort of surprise sneak up. That's for sure. Um, I have a concern for Riley though. Okay. You have four adults. Mm -hmm. You have a German Shepherd and a Golden Retriever. These are not small dogs.
1: That's true. The four
0: of you, and I'm just going to break this down. The four of you, those two dogs, and luggage for a couple nights away. Mm. Not like a day trip, like luggage. When you say luggage to me, I think we're going on a trip. We're not coming back for a couple days. You can't do that in any of these. Mm -hmm. If you're going to take trips that big, and I'm going to just put put this out. If you're going to take trips that big, rent a minivan. You're not going to like driving it. Or rent a seven seater because the truth is you have two dogs that are the size of people. So you're actually kind of dealing with six people and luggage. If you're going somewhere for time, you're going to need bigger than we're even shopping. So the way I actually shopped here was assuming that most of the time it's just the six of you, because I'm counting the dogs like people, the six of you are going somewhere for the day. You may be gone all day. You've got your stuff for the beach or whatever, but it's not like we've packed for a multi-day trip Mm because I think you need even Mm -hmm. bigger than we're talking now. So I'm planning for that kind of world. And at that point, I do think the Cayenne is a major contender. I think if you're going to drive the Cayenne, though, at least drive the BMW X5.
1: Well, how interesting you said that. Okay, go on. Mm. No, 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 no. I just thought X5, I found a 2015, Riley, X-Drive 35i with 60,000 miles for 25.9. Okay, all right, yeah. I didn't realize how far these have dropped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're fast. And I like the X5. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll you'll think BMW service, but have that new mindset, the new mindset that we're talking about, to any of your cars and I believe this will be an interesting, engaging int- – yeah, I think this will be a great car. 60,000
0: miles is no big deal. I point. agree.
1: For 25.9 yeah. and it's an X5 and it's yeah. loaded and looks great. that has got the three-liter straight six. Okay. All right. I'm going, I love the Cayenne, but this is kind of a value. Fantastic no
0: alt to the Cayenne. That's the thing. I think you need to drive both and have a thought about which do I prefer because both of those do that thing that's so great in SUVs when they actually – do all the SUV size, but they don't drive like a big lumbering thing, which is great.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. All right. Uh, any other suggestions here for Ryan? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, look, the Audi Allroad is worthwhile.
0: It's a good, worthwhile one here. It made me start thinking about wagons, though, and I had two that I loved and took them out for budget. I have Did to you? mention them though: the Jaguar XF Sportbrake. Yeah, oh, that's you such would a love rare that car. car. That would be the the rare beast. Spring forty five grand. Are they the, still uh, that high? Yeah, the Caddy oh. CTSV comes with a six-speed manual bring 45 grand
1: well yeah and some the, the problem is the bring enthusiast the bring a trailer yes' yes. yes issue yeah, 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 you yeah. Know, the the premium that that has put on things now you totally. find one on there and it's manual and oh yeah pay 60.
0: but then Riley was talking about this is a commute car so like tech wouldn't would be nice you know actually like Lane keep assist and cooled seats and like some nice hangout tech would also be nice. I mean, he's an enthusiast, but he's thinking about how this car is going to be used, which led me to my wild card, which I like a lot. Okay. Okay. So you've already heard Cayenne X5. These are great. The Audi all road is worthwhile. I I don't know that it would be as fun to drive as you expect, but that brought me to this wild card, which you can get with your budget all day long. Go shop Mercedes E-class wagons. All-wheel drive, good interior, tons of tech. I I know a family locally here that's mm. had two, and not two because they've been problems. They've had a litany of cars, and they've always had, for her, the E-Class wagon. And they buy them used, and they keep them for four or five years, and then they buy another used one. They just bought another used one. The old one was great the day they sold it. Wow,
1: I like that lot. It's just the family hauler. That's great.
0: They come in all wheel drive. I, I found I found like twenty fourteens and twenty fifteens in your budget.
1: That's that's great. I like that better than any SUV.
0: So if you want to think wagon, I I, I see your all road, I see the SUVs we're talking about. Wildcard,
1: E class wagon. I almost don't know that it's a wild card. I think that might be a contender.
0: We've got a 24-year-old in an E-class wagon. That's a bit of a wild card. Okay,
1: your insurance agent might have a question or two for you, Riley, but still.
0: But I think for what you're wanting to use it for, don't overlook that. That's why I put it in there.
1: Lots of great questions. I've got to jump in with with this one. It has to do with usage. Seth K. writes to us and asks, why are cars not having physical dipsticks on Mm. their engines Mm -hmm. anymore? Why? Dipstick's just gone all electronic now. In order to check your level after a do it yourself oil change, you got to run the car, which, you know, can be bad if you put in too little or too much. I definitely understand. But in the category of how much you use things, most people don't check their oil. They Fair wait until they get a warning light for service right. your car mm-hmm. or oil is low. So I, I definitely get it. I started to experience that in the 987 Cayman that I had. It was an electronic mm-hmm. dipstick. And so I had to check it differently but you you do the same mindset that you do with a regular physical dipstick Mm -hmm. and that is check it as soon as you turn the ignition so you've got power to the car but the engine isn't running yet
0: interesting okay
1: and then you've got to do it later on you shut the car off and you wait a little bit you've got to check it at different stages throughout you've got to check it while it's running you've got Mm -hmm. to check it while it's off ideally you're not finding the car is burning oil and whoever did the oil change itself you got to ease up to it because if you overfill, yeah. Same thing happens with physical dipsticks. When you're checking for is the car burning oil, it's not the same amount every time. If your engine takes seven quarts of oil, you don't just (laughs) dump it in, you pour in six, and then you go to six and a half, and then you check. It does take a while to really do it right. And that's why I've told you our service tech who does our Porsches, he's an independent shop owner. And he'll just ease up. It takes him 45 minutes to actually add oil. Yeah. And he checks it. He'll run the engine. He'll take it for a short drive around the block, let the car cool and sit. Then he'll do it again. He really just eases right up to that level. He's also quite OCD.
0: But yes. He is.
1: (laughs) I'm fine with that when he's working on my Porsche. Yes, I know you are. I love that. Most people don't do anything to their engines. They don't check it. They wait for warning lights now on their instrument panel Mm -hmm. to tell you, something's wrong with the car, see dealer. Now, the Maserati just tells you to go see the dealer because it's Tuesday.
0: It just thinks you should have a good, close relationship with your dealer. You should invite them for dinner regularly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Have you talked to Sam at your dealer lately? (laughs) Call Sam at the Maserati dealer. (laughs) At this point, honestly, brand brand new
0: Maseratis might actually do that. They might know their GPS location and get the actual identifying name of the closest dealer so Uh you can be like, not go to dealer, like, call Sam.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Have you called
0: Sam? (laughs) Sam needs to call. I'm just letting you know. Is your friendly Maserati Ghibli? Sam call misses Sam. you. Yeah, he that'd misses be very your funny. car.
1: Now, <laughs> Steph, I, I say this because, yeah, all of us are just kind of relying on the cars running, and modern cars definitely do. In a lot of cases, they just run. So, I don't know beyond us enthusiasts. Too many mm-hmm. people are mm-hmm. pulling the dipstick and checking their oil. They want to do it all digitally, all They're electronic. Poor.
0: Fair point. Christopher N Star asks one of a couple of different questions that are like list the following cars kind of questions. But I'll start here. He's intrigued by the fact that we described your Maserati as actually feeling smaller than it is. Okay, because it is okay. big. And and if you look at uh, look at our latest piece, our, our this is the end piece where we do all the cost to own stuff. You can actually tell in that shot. You can tell that the Maserati's wheelbase is longer than the Phaeton's
1: by a few inches. Actually. And the Phaeton has yeah.
0: a bunch more space, but it doesn't yeah. matter. But anyway, so. But that, that's the, the thing. That Maserati actually rotates really, really well. It does drive smaller than it feels. And as you drive faster, you're surprised by how small and agile it feels. His question is, so hang on. He likes that description. But what other cars fall into that category? Mm-hmm. What other mm-hmm. cars can we think of? Now, generally, there are exceptions. But generally, that's a description that I withhold for something that is physically large. I'm not going to drive right. a small car and be like, this Drive smaller than – it's already small. Right. Okay. Right, this is right. those cars that seem really big and are really spacious, and I can't believe how well this drives. Yeah. The Panamera is an absolute poster child for this. It drives a lot smaller yeah, for sure, than, it, for than sure. it looks. The Julia, the Alpha Julia, drives smaller than it looks.
1: Absolutely, it does. Yes.
0: And also, the current 911 is a pretty big car.
1: It is. Until it, you it drive is. it
0: and it feels small again.
1: Which is why I there still are others, love them. I still but those
0: them. are the three that really stood out for me. The Julia
1: and the Panamera
0: have always amazed me with how small they drive.
1: Yeah, indeed. Travels with George J. on Instagram says, With the growing dependence on tech, do you think the ability to read a roadmap is a dying art form? Does this mean it's the end of the unplanned side trip? <laughs> which
0: is a <laughs> euphemism for i'm lost. <laughs> that's that's a delicate way of putting it. Uh, this is just an unplanned side trip, honey. We're going to be there sometime.
1: I I hear your point here. I think I think there is an element of that because we're so used to typing in the end destination mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. letting the algorithm figure it out for us rather than reading a road map. And looking and thinking, okay, so that'll take us past here and let me calculate the mileage. Okay, that'll do that. This is what we're dependent on for any map service you use that's on on your phone. Yeah. But if there's no internet connection and you don't have a paper map and you're out there in the middle of nowhere, things get a little interesting. <laughs> and you're now reliant on road signs and yeah. wayfinding and all yeah. those directions. I don't think it means the end of the unplanned side trip because you're going to see giant ball of string this way and you're going to type it into your phone and it's going to sort out the algorithm and you're just going to go. <laughs> and most cars' nav systems work wherever because they're part of the car. It doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily need an internet connection. Yeah. When you update your map on your car, it does. Yeah. But for the most part, it's you know already been loaded. It knows where you are and that kind of thing. Yeah. So I don't necessarily think so, but I do hear your point about just the ability to... Use a compass on a map. Do wayfinding. Can you read a roadmap? Roadmaps are kind of dead at this point. Yeah, I hate to exactly. say, but it is nice to unfold one and be able to see the entire everything instead of a, you know, five inch screen. Good on your perspective. Phone. Yeah, for it's sure. It's nice to for see sure, yeah, where, yeah. Oh, we're going to be near here. So I, th- I, th- in a weird way, I think they're still kind of useful from a trip planning perspective. Just mm-hmm. to see the big picture, mm-hmm. you can't really do that. that. You can do that on your large monitor. I get that, but yeah. you know, something that is larger that gives you a bigger picture of things, I think, is still kind of
0: kind of fun. It's very interesting, even if it's just digital, to look up where you're going to go on something much bigger than a phone and get a sense of mm. where you are in the world. It's much more interesting than the This just gives you and the blue follow. line yeah, from exactly. dot to dot. Uh, I guess I'm that. turning right in a quarter mile. Uh, Figgy Mark asks on Instagram, he says, uh, how do I wash my former Phaeton and my current Z4? Do I annoy you by, uh, by just driving it through a car wash, or do I do a foam cannon or pressure washer? What do I do? So, uh, <laughs> all right, Mark, so a couple of things. First off, I have to review the fact that the Lotus <clears throat> can't be taken anywhere. Right. The Lotus <laughs> forces me. To wash it by hand. I actually do use a foam cannon from Griot's on the Lotus, and it's phenomenal. I am not good at washing cars. It is amazing how much faster the foam cannon is and how easy it, it's gone for me to actually make that car look good. Thank God. Okay? <laughs> but the Phaeton and the Z4 both are right through the automatic wash. They just they just are. I'm sorry. They're my dailies, and that's what I do, and Paul shakes his head at me, and we move on. <laughs> but I, I'll tell you this joke. but You're going to hear it again. I'll tell you this joke. The, uh, the Z4… <clears throat> It it looks really good from 20 feet away. It looks pretty good from 10 feet away. Up close, it's got some kind of nasty nicks in the paint (laughs) that were there when I bought it, that were there long before I bought it. And Paul's comment, which is very astute, was, oh, paint's not great. It's perfect for you, Todd. So I have the perfect Z4 for
1: me. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff J. on Facebook asks, when is a good time to replace winter tires? Jeff has a set of Blizzaks that have been through three Minnesota winners. They're down to the tread marker, but they still look like they have a good amount of tread left. He's guessing it's time to replacement, them, replace them for the coming winter. Indeed. The wear bars are there for a specific mm-hmm. reason. Yeah. And that is manufacturer. They're not going to be happy. If you have an accident or you get out of control and something happens and they're looking at your tires and going, well, your wear bars are there to tell you change the tires. Yeah. Two ways is the date code. When they were built, they definitely tires, definitely time out. They can in incredible heat, they can time out faster because of dry rot usually takes a few years, but then also those wear bars are your indication. It's no longer the penny in the tire and, you know, (laughs) measure to Lincoln's head, you know, it is those wear bars that you need to really continually inspect, especially the tread blocks on winter tires because it's Mm. dependent on that tread blocks. Yeah. To squish and squirm and give you the traction that
0: harder,
1: you know, drier summer tires don't have. So temperature is a factor when the temperature starts to consistently be 45 Fahrenheit and below, you want to really think, okay, now's the time to switch over. If you have a day, it's 45 and then it warms up. Yeah. You can still kind of, you know, just balance the equation kind of thing and not change them over yet. But then when it's 45 or cooler and then when your wear bars, you're there, don't risk it. I know it costs money, but don't risk it.
0: And, and it is easy to look at the wear bar and be like, at the wear bar, ugh, these tires are I'm fine. i close,
1: and look, there's plenty left. Yeah. But it has to have room to evacuate the water and yeah. the ice and yeah. the snow in those channels. If there's no room,
0: you're sliding. And I've noticed this, too, because winters are deeper tread anyway mm-hmm. than summers. Mm-hmm. When you get to the wear bar, you're like, come on, this looks fine. Yeah. It's very tempting. Bradley J. on uh, 1983 on Instagram says, okay – what are the greatest hits cars? This could be a long list, but I'm, trying, I'm going to try to hit it quick. What are the greatest hits cars for pure mechanical feel? Take out the nannies. Take out the helpers. Mechanical feel cars that you're connected to. Now, I will say this. The simple version of this is you go back far enough and you just wind up everything's got mechanical feel. Mm-hmm. You get pre 1980. Sometimes, in some cases, pre-1990, and it's phenomenal, okay? Because, now, it doesn't mean it's good feel, but, man, is it raw and mechanical. So there is that. I'm going to go with a little bit more modern stuff, though. So the obvious one I have to mention is the Elise. It's a poster child for mechanical feel. We all drove it this weekend. We all talked about it. First-gen Cayman is way up there for mechanical feel. Yeah, yeah. The Cayman S2, R from that generation. True, but the first-gen delish. Cayman in general is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. The S2000 is a real standout. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Miata maintains this. Now, they've gotten nicer. They've gotten, you know, electric power steering and this kind of stuff, but the Miata maintains this. In BMW, both the E30 and the E46, the M3s, if you can do them, fantastic steering and mechanical feel in both those cars. The late air cooled 911s mm-hmm. and C4, 5, and 6 Corvettes.
1: That's a great list. In conjunction with that, there's a question from Henry B about our thoughts on electronic throttles. Talking about mechanical feel, Henry had an electronic throttle fail in the middle of nowhere and ruin a three-day weekend. Ooh. I, that's not good. They're, they're not necessarily a new thing in the industry, and there's some vehicles that you might not realize have the electronic. They drive-by-wire, fly-by-wire kind of thing. It was introduced by BMW on their 7 Series back in 1988, So that is the EML, the electronic throttle control. And it's found their way, you know, onto other vehicles and that kind of thing. My Lotus has it.
0: Yeah. The 06 Lotus had it. Keep going.
1: Yeah. So hmm, the mechanical feel, of course, is that holy grail that we enthusiasts are going for because of that fine control. And the drive-by-wire throttles, the electronic throttles, can offer that as well. But it just kind of depends on the car and it depends on how the manufacturer has positioned that car to the drivers. Totally. We're always looking for more out of a car then it can give us mm. many times. There's many cars that have plenty to spare and sure, make you sure. look like a fool because it's so capable.
0: Yeah. That happens too. For sure. But
1: we're always looking for more out of that car. And when it starts to let you down in terms of mechanical feel, but then if it fails completely, ah, that's, that's rough. The point is they're not going away. Henry. No. Yeah. From here on out. I mean, way back in 1988, we had them. So <laughs> manufacturers will continue to push on this and continue to offer more and more again, as we continue to move towards this level three autonomy and level four mm, autonomy yeah. and all that kind of stuff, which I still think is far out yeah. from here, but they're not going away. We're still going to get drive by wire or electronic everything. Mm. And it's just kind of the reality of where we're at.
0: Yeah. And the, yeah, <laughs> there's always the random thing that's going to break when you least expect it. Unfortunately, yeah. the dad wrench is asking about his ND Miata. He feels like it has a four by four. Look, it sits too high for his taste. Okay. So his <laughs> boy. That I, don't, I don't agree, Miata. but okay. All right. But okay. So his question is, do I do lowering springs or do I get bigger wheels? Mm. Do not do the bigger wheels. Do not do that car is really well balanced and quarter weight is an issue. Bigger wheels are going to make it not drive as well. If you feel like it rides too high, then I would go to somebody like Flying Miata or some kit that is a pre-established, well, tested kit to slightly lower give you different springs with a slightly lower right it'll probably be a half inch to an inch lower it's not gonna be a lot but i think that's what you're gonna like and get what you want out of the car the bigger wheels i think you're gonna find you made the wrong choice
1: Mm. there's uh, another question here that we could go on uh, a long time it's cars featured in music from damon dick he's still waiting for a mercedes-benz 700 v14 okay (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of cars. I actually liked the purple Lamborghini in one of Jamiroquai's early videos. Yeah. I liked that he was cruising around in that.
0: Wasn't that the one where I think they broke the windshield, and so he's driving around in a car without a windshield because they yes. couldn't get another one? Yeah. Yes.
1: Yes. It, it's like, uh, yeah, the sort of behind-the-scenes wasn't as cool as you think it is, <laughs> but the music video was kind of fun. There, oh, there's there's a lot. I mean, I liked ZZ Top in high school. I loved what they were doing. It was like, yeah. Just cool cars. hot and, rods. You know, hot rodded stuff. But, yeah, we could keep going on that. Yeah, it was Cosmic Girl from Jamiroquai. There you go, yeah. It was that song. But, uh, yeah.
0: Did did you see over the weekend uh, Jason Kamisa posted that he got a digital dash for his Elise? (laughs) And (laughs) And
1: now people are asking
0: you about doing this. Oh, I got bombarded. Thank you guys, by the way, for for following along, connecting the dots. But I got bombarded with people making sure I'd seen it. Yes, I saw it. And am I interested? Yes, I am. The problem is twofold. One, it's going to be about a $2,000 retrofit. (sighs) the other part so you want to spend that money is exactly the other part is and i need to dig in further but what i can find in initial information is there was a refresh in the middle of the us run in 08 mm-hmm. where they updated mm-hmm. the dash right right my dash has got white gauges with black uh, ticks on it it goes to a black da- dash with white ticks on it so they updated the dash in 08 my initial investigation suggests that you can only retrofit that digital dash in 08 and above Okay. So if okay. that's the case, then I can't. If it can a be thing, true, if you know. it can be O five and above, do I want to spend two thousand uh, dollars? I don't know. I'd happily uh, retrofit one if they'd like send me one, but uh, i I don't think I don't think the O six qualifies.
1: Jeff H. says, he comments, his wife had a question on Trivia Crack the other day that asked, what car company uses Neptune's Trident as a logo? (laughs) She didn't think she knew, and then she shouted, the Pickle Fork Company. (laughs) Yes. Please, please tell me you and your wife have one of those shirts. Please tell me (laughs) the Miserati shirt that's available on our stores in your closet. Travis B. also asks if we experienced the off-putting smell in the Hyundai Palisade that we reviewed. Do we have any theory on what may, may be causing this? We actually didn't experience this. We did not smell anything. Of I've a heard about car. it. Yeah. yeah, we've heard about stuff. And, you know, there's all kinds of crazy smells from off-gassing plastics and that kind of thing. It could be caused by anything and nothing. And, you know, one clearly, of those things.
0: What it suggests is that clearly they used something some new product in that car they hadn't used before. And so they didn't know what the long-term off-gassing smell would be. And they've wound up with something that's a problem yeah. and they may still be trying to figure it out. Honestly, sure.
1: I don't know that that would prevent me from buying it unless it's, you know, just some monster BO or something. I don't know. But uh, yeah, we like those cars a lot guys. Thank you so much for all your questions. Really appreciate it. Write to us. Uh, curious to hear your thoughts on uh, the truck observations that we've had. Just oh, because, we'll get we'll uh, get we'll get
0: truck emails for sure. We will. I, I figure oh, yeah.
1: we would because there's so many enthusiasts. Like, well, the truck is the car hauler. It's the race car hauler. Yeah, yes, of course it is. Yes, yes. It's again, it's observations. I'm just kind of thinking, you know, we we bring a mindset to it, but we also acknowledge tool for the job, and we acknowledge, mm-hmm. you know, this is how trucks are, and you know, they do great things, and they're drive useful around the weight in the
0: back all help the time. People
1: make a living yes for sure, for sure. so yeah. that's not a bad thing it's just again it's just observations it's just sort of like huh could you live with one of these do you need one of these what suits you best do you need something this big if you do great if you don't all right i don't need an expedition <laughs> but it was my dad's yeah you know yeah, yeah. So but it rides pretty well though too it does it does all right we're looking forward to next time cheers everyone